Welcome to the Intellectual Freedom Podcast. Here we analyze politics, culture, technology, and society at large through the lens of critical thinking and open-mindedness, not demagoguery and partisan hyperbole. I'm Dr. David Hopkins, Humanities Professor, your host and guide. So without further delay, let's get started. The age of the internet, digitization, and computerization of life has opened the door to incredible innovation and growth. It truly has created a business renaissance, the likes of which have never been seen before. I think maybe the closest thing we could say is if we look back to the roaring 20s in America with the Industrial Revolution and that optimistic boom of wealth and progress and innovation to make life easier and more efficient with things like the automobile, washers and dryers, air conditioners, all of those things. It Right now, it almost has that sort of renaissance feel, that age of optimism, the explosion of wealth and innovation. It's incredibly similar to the tech boom. Millionaires, actually no billionaires, have been made in numbers unheard of in prior generations. Actually, the United States right now has 614 billionaires, most created from the tech boom. So on the one hand, the innovations are great, but you know me, we need to analyze all angles. And on the other hand, there's always this underbelly, this ugly side of the story incredibly serious and important problems with culture right now with this vast concentration of wealth in the hands of so few is becoming more and more apparent in this podcast i want to talk about power and control in many ways we want we really want our institutions and democratic capitalistic country to be ethical and honest We want to think that the government, our institutions, those in the bureaucracies, that they're good and honest and they have the people's best interest at heart. We have been conditioned from birth to believe the American government, unlike other governments around the world, is different and special. And this country holds out that American dream image that everyone and anyone can succeed equally And this makes America unique and it makes it special. If that ever was actually the case or not, it is time to sadly admit it probably isn't true most of the time. The actions we see from our politicians, the bureaucrats, the very wealthy influencers of government do not and possibly never did have the people's best interest at heart. Love him or hate him. Donald Trump did something no other politician has ever done to the extent he was able to do it in modern history. He turned a blazing light on our government and the corruption that has seeped into it over the years. He had zero political experience, zero connections to Washington insiders, zero love or trust for the establishment. If you can remember, one of the rallying cries at his rallies was drain the swamp, drain the swamp. And he won the White House. It actually knocked Washington, D.C. on its heels. It knocked the mainstream media propaganda machines on their heels, too, as he won really despite all of them. True character is never revealed in good times or times of victory. True character is always revealed in times of defeat. 
and loss and really tough times. And after 2016, we can now see the true character of Washington, D.C., the establishment and the propaganda machines of the mainstream media. It's no longer an illusion who these people are. Yet, for this podcast, I want to focus on the mechanisms of control, specifically four mechanisms of control that are that are in place right now and being used to control people today, but they have the potential to get even worse. I think maybe the first one that I speak about is the most important. And tactic number one used is control of access to information. Control of access to information. We all need to realize that our access to data and information is now being limited to a very few powerful media and technology companies. Only about seven companies Extremely wealthy companies control about 90% of the mainstream media. They act as more stringent gatekeepers to control what you know than at any time in history. Gone are the days where the mainstream media felt compelled and driven to deliver news as a public service. It is ironic that in an age when potentially more freedom to information is available than ever before, The prostitutes to money in the mainstream media are restricting open dialogue more than we have ever seen before. The big tech social media machines through algorithms and human intervention have the power and they use it frequently to ban, censure, flag whatever information they deem appropriate or inappropriate. However, There's no mechanism in place right now to ensure that they are being honest, impartial brokers of the information flow. As whatever biases they may have, they can wield them, they can use them and manipulate them to whatever means they prefer, completely unchecked. We all know and we see them if you use social media. The traditional news media, which has degraded the propaganda arms of the right or the left, and the partisan followers of each, they flock to one news channel or the other to make sure that their biases are fed. The media has a new and even more disturbing tactic, though, on limiting data and information. They are simply ignore any news or potential news story that does not fit their propaganda narratives. They literally just pretend they never happen or they dismiss them outright as, oh, the other side, that's just, that's just crazy conspiracy theories. Until people choose to free themselves and stop watching these absurd clown shows on cable TV, the mainstream media will continue to exert control. We are right now living in the world of state-run TV. The sad thing is, the state-run TV wasn't forced on us by a government. It's state-run TV of our own choosing. We are choosing either to blindly watch and listen to Fox on the right 
or the news player, the new players on the on the block Newsmax and OAN, or maybe it's AON. I'm not sure whatever that channel is. Or on the left, led by CNN, MSNBC, NBC, CBS, ABC, basically all the other channels. We are literally boxing ourselves into a state-run TV model. And the government didn't even need to put us there. The political parties didn't even have to put us there. That says a lot more about us almost than it does even of our our media distribution channels. The second tactic, control the physical movements of people. Those in power will attempt to control the physical movements of people. Of course, in the age of COVID, states that implement rigid lockdowns come to mind first which surely is a mechanism of control. I'll never forget in Florida after this after the national lockdown started to ease and states were allowed to start to open up. Here in Florida and Tampa Bay area, we were first allowed and and this is actually kind of funny when I think of it. We were allowed to go back out to our public beaches. But and here was the big but, you cannot sit on the sand. You cannot take a chair and sit down on the beach. You had to keep your feet moving and you had to be walking because it was very dangerous for you to sit down on the beach. But but it was okay if you were walking past other people on the beach. I found that so ludicrous and funny. Of course, I know what they were trying to say. Oh, well, if we let people sit down, then all of a sudden there's going to be hundreds of people gathering and there's going to be these huge uh, parties on the beach of, of people just sitting there and breathing in coronavirus air right next to each other. I mean, which in and of itself was kind of silly because if you have six foot following distance, whether you're sitting or standing and you're maintaining your six feet following distance, accordingly, that was supposed to be good enough. But, you know, there was there was a mechanism of the government to control our movement. Another incredibly disturbing thing in that regard is the deeming of an essential versus a non-essential business. See, it's safe. The government told us it's safe to go into Home Depot or to go into Lowe's where there's four or five hundred in a parking lot in some of these massive box stores. As long as you kept your six foot following distance. But the local hardware store, the local restaurant, the local whatever, they are much more dangerous. Even if you it's six foot following distance in a hardware store versus Home Depot, that's very dangerous. And they're non-essential business. But the essential businesses were these huge multi-billion dollar corporations. The thing that happens and the thing that gets scary is society becomes conditioned over time like a dog or like an animal to do exactly what the government says. Even, even when you can't rationally justify or explain why something is being done. And almost always this conditioning includes this phrase. And know it, and every time you hear a politician say it, your antenna should go up. We're doing this for your own safety. When we analyze controlling relationships on a personal level, the controller doesn't immediately move to dominate another person. But instead, that controller slowly, systematically, over time, exerts more 
and more and more influence until finally people get trapped and stuck in very toxic, poisonous, controlling relationships. When we analyze controlling relationships, maybe the scariest tactic from this COVID thing comes straight out of the socialist communist playbook, whereby government and governors and people kind of give a slight nod of the head and encourage citizens who are being 100% compliant to confront, to shame, to mock other citizens who maybe have a different opinion on things, or even more formalistic, we've actually seen governors in some states literally asking citizens to call the police and report other citizens who are breaking the social distancing rules so that they can be fined or do whatever to them. What a communist socialist tactic. Get the people to turn on each other to report each other to the government for not towing the state line. It's pretty scary and pretty ugly. But it isn't just COVID. Local governments are now requiring permits to protest. I don't know if where you're from that happens, but that happens here where I'm at. This is actually hilarious to me. So let me get this straight. The local municipalities need to deem it okay to protest, pay a fee to the government for their protest, and then they're allowed to do it. Have Americans become so soft, so compliant, so weak-kneed that nobody finds this utterly absurd that we have to pay a fee to be able to protest? I saw recently where some protesters showed up at the house of the Attorney General of Michigan. And Michigan has had some of the craziest, stringest lockdowns. Uh, And after the people showed up at the house, they didn't get their proper permit. And the state officials went on the news and they were basically lambasting the protesters. And one even went so far as to say, and I actually started laughing when I saw the little video clip, They made a comment, something to the effect, and they didn't even apply for the proper permit to protest. Oh my goodness, Michigan, how could that be? How horrible. I mean, if you're going to have a spontaneous protest, of course, what you need to do first is you need to get the okay of the government to do so. Kind of crazy. But let me move to tactic number three as the third mechanism of control. And that's to build a conformist society through institutionalized education. People are basically herded, if we think about it, from one enclosed and certified environment to another in a clean sequence from your birth certificate when you're born to your death certificate when you die. From cradle to grave, the government has become central to pretty much every single aspect of life. The march towards this began a long, long time ago in the Middle Ages, probably the 15, 1600s, as the concept of more centralized power structures and and the formations of countries as we know them today started to emerge and started to become more and more powerful and influential. Now here we sit in 2020, And cradle to grave, we are taught to behave in a certain way. And how we become healthy, productive, and orderly citizens is scripted out very nicely. And the government will herd you. All you have to do is simply comply. I want to talk about education, conventional education. 
by our institutions. It starts really young now. And actually, if we look all the way back to 1922, the very first concept of heads of a Head Start program began. And pre-K now is immensely popular. And the government tells us, gives a huge Head Start for young children. So for the most part, from the ages of, say, two and a half to four, all children in this country begin the educational indoctrination process. As you hear me say this, some of you may be thinking, oh, you're just crazy. Education from an early age is good and it's important. Yes, education is most definitely important. I agree with you there. I've been teaching in higher education for 20 plus years and it is important. The brain develops rapidly when you're young and so those early education is important. But what I'm speaking of is the institution of education is exerting itself in very non-educational ways and is becoming, and for many families is, especially broken families lacking resources or time or parenting skills, the primary influencer on children from the age of two and a half all the way up to 24, 25 through college. I see this, and I've seen this firsthand, having been a foster parent of what a powerful influencer and how the school system and the educational system in many ways is not just there to educate but to on, on math and science, but to babysit and to teach every level of everything because quite frankly, many times family structure isn't there and they and children and those that are taking care of kids, they find them in the school system. So the question becomes is this education and knowledge acquisition geared towards your child becoming their best self? Or is this institutionalized education training your children to think, act, behave, and accept the views of the institution and of the government at large? There's no blanket answer to put on all institutions, all teachers, or all students, but from what I see at the end of the educational pipeline in college is sometimes pretty scary. Free thinking, open-minded, free-spirited, creative, intellectual, curious, empathetic human beings is not what we are seeing often enough. I do get amazing students. I get quite incredible students, in fact, every single semester. Yet a large segment are bored, they're stressed, they lack energy, creativity, and they show almost a cog in a machine type personality. I don't really want to be in college, but I know I need to go to college because if I don't go to college, I'm not going to get a good job. And if I don't get a good job, I'm not going to make any money and on and on and on. And that's the same kind of cog in a machine mentality that we see from adults many times who spend their entire lives in jobs that they don't like to make just average or below average money because they pay the bill. But now our edu our system of education, it doesn't even stop at the degree level. Oh no, oh no. Now there's this push for master's degrees or doctoral degrees or even specialized certifications. Of course, each credentialed and issued by institutions that are endorsed by the state 
and has become a the state has become a master at keeping people in a perpetual training of state of state sanctioned learning as if it is documented on as if it's not documented on paper then it's not really learning at all gone are the days of the most brilliant minds learning studying exploring creating on their own outside of the system as if as if it didn't happen in the system it doesn't count what a shame what a sham and what a scam really this is control of thought by institutions the focus becomes learning practical, technical, job-focused, career-focused skills. These are nice, compliant, serviceable skills that if we pound them long enough into the brains of our students, they learn to do their job, stay focused on commerce, stay focused on career, stay focused on fulfilling their duty to society, because, of course, they're taught they play a very important role. At least that's what everyone is told in our education systems. Nearly all go through all their K-12 and college accepting this. Nearly all acquiesce that the whole purpose of learning is nothing more than to get a skill, to get a job. Nothing else matters. That mindset creates robots. These robots are ready to take on the job, perform their duty, engaging all their time in a task, and never, ever to question, to analyze, to critique. They just assume the way it is is the way it is because they've never been taught otherwise. The educational institution, endorsed and credentialed by government agencies, doesn't have a whole lot of use for critical thinkers who question authority. They don't have a need to create an army of free thinkers who can radically challenge the status quo. Mechanisms of, of control, they work great with conformists focus on a career job. Mechanisms of control, they fail when open-minded and intellectually curious people challenge the hierarchy of wealth and power and government. So it is best for the institutions to keep the masses bored, focused on earning a piece of paper, because that's like a ticket on an airplane that leads to an okay or pretty good job in the middle class and spend the rest of their days thinking, working, plodding along to eke out a nice little life in a nice little house with a nice little family doing nice little things that conform to the nice little expectations of the government and the power structures. We rarely, as a society, stop to consider what and why we are taught and educated the way we are in America. Let's face it, the elites in power are okay when a few great free-thinking minds rise up and innovate, create, and challenge authority. But Jeff Bezos doesn't want to see 5 million Jeff Bezoses graduate college or high school every year. That's nothing but competition. The elite, the elite in government and corporate America need most people, most of the time, to be average, hardworking, and compliant. To go through the system of education with this false assumption that this is your ticket to getting ahead, when in the end, they just want you to get a pretty good job, make pretty good money, and be quiet, content, and submissive. This is how the powerful people hold power all the time. As Henry David Thoreau once said, most people live a life of quiet desperation. The key word is quiet. The controlling powers like you and me, quiet. 
The American education system in so many ways has become the incubator of bored, average, quiet degree seekers looking for money without an interest or care in pursuing deep knowledge, truth, critical thinking, and this powerful human ability to challenge authority. The fourth tactic, governments and institutions control by tracking them. In some instances, it could be literal tracking. That is, oh, like required when a criminal is put out on parole and they're forced to wear an ankle bracelet tracking device. But it goes much deeper. Back to COVID-19 and the the contact tracing idea. This is a literal retracing and tracking of your movements and the people you contact by the government. And you agree or disagree to participate, at least today anyway. It is possible to disagree and not accept contact tracing. We'll see when if this becomes mandatory for the quote-unquote safety of America and they make it federal law and name it something like the Patriot Act or the Keep America Safe Act, you know, or some other over-the-top patriotic title they love to give to the name of these bills in which they're actually taking away your rights but they make it sound patriotic so that you have to agree to it but anyway probably the most insidious and largest potential for corruption abuse is the tracking that's going on right now even as you listen to this podcast your phone our always connected world basically means always tracked Every click, every website, every text, every social media post, every music download, every podcast download, every store you visit, every Google map you visit, it all, all of it, all the time is traceable. Your phone pings off a tower constantly delivering data. Ah, none of that matters, you say. Heck, anyone who wants to look at the websites I visit or the emails I send, oh, they're just going to be very, very bored. Ha, ha, ha. Well, it doesn't matter till it does. And it's all funny until it isn't. The Chinese social credit system is real and could be implemented by our government today if they wanted to use it. See that Chinese social credit system? It's basically a means in China whereby everything that a Chinese citizen does online, offline, it's tracked, it's monitored. And every Chinese citizen's giving a a score. It's kind of like our credit score. You know, in America, we have a credit score, how well you pay back money when you borrow it. Well, the Chinese social credit system is basically what's your, are you a good communist or a bad communist? And the higher your score, the more privileges you get. The less you comply with the government, the more questionable websites you visit, the more questionable places you go. Well, then the lower your credit score, the the lower your social credit score, and the le- the lower the number of opportunities you're given. That is in place. It is being used, and it's being used right now, and it could be done here. That tracking of our movements, the tracking of what we watch, what we listen to, where what we type in email, what we send in text, it matters. And your privacy matters. What if our government decides that any person who has a registered firearm must be monitored and tracked by the FBI because they are a quote-unquote potential danger to society? Or what if they say any registered voter who voted for Trump in the last two elections, they're not allowed to be hired in the government because they're all racist. 
Of course, these are extreme examples, right? Not not anywhere near the public sphere today, but the truth is they could be implemented if an administration would decide to push the boundaries as the fact is the government does know about you. They know more about them, about you than you could ever imagine. And knowledge is power and power leads to control and control leads to corruption. I ask you to read carefully about your privacy or watch movies or documentaries about surveillance by our government. I got done talking about the Joe Rogan podcast a while back. He did two amazing episodes where he brought on Edward Snowden, the whistleblower, and he revealed how insidious and illegal our government has been in surveilling all of us. I just ask you, educate yourself. It's that important. Maybe someday I'll even do a podcast on this in the future. It's scary stuff. But the days of, oh, ha, ha, they'd be bored looking at my stuff. I got nothing to hide. It isn't even about that anymore. They can use what you do to control you. And that is just a fact. And it wouldn't seem so until it's too late. So, the four mechanisms of control. Access to information. Physical movements of people. Our institutionalized education. And government tracking methods. They're deadly and they're dangerous. Those with power know most people are heavily influenced by by their social environment and the social weather of life. The desire to fit in is incredibly powerful. And if through mechanisms of control, which I've discussed in this podcast, the environment of culture becomes one of conformity, which I think we're already there, and society wants conformity, no, actually society needs conformists, then we're all in trouble. Very few free-thinking geniuses are needed in society. In fact, each person becoming a free-thinker is a death blow to the control of the powerful over the masses. As true, free-thinking individuals, they don't buy the loads of BS shoveled by the Democrats or the Republicans or big tech or cable news media. But here I need to issue a challenge. It is one thing to understand the media and big tech is corrupt and chant, oh, CNN sucks at a political rally. It's an entirely different level of strength and discipline by the people to never watch them or use them again. See, in the end, it's okay for controlling government or institution to have people talk about the corruption, about how terrible it is, as long as at the end of the day, they still vote for either the Democrat or the Republican. It's okay for Facebook to Facebook to let people make comments on the platform about how oppressive Facebook is, as long as they don't close their account and leave. And it's okay for people to scream about how big tech is stealing their data, as long as they don't stop using their phone or their app. The only time the powerful care about all the talk and all the ranting is when we, as the collective people, abandon them and go a different direction. Then and only then will the controllers care or pay attention to we, the people. Also, we do need education. Education has always been in human evolution a key to growth both personally and as a civilization. 
But education is much more than a job skill. As if we view education through such a limited lens which the institution wants us to view it, it's such a shallow and a narrow perspective, you are going to be controlled by that institution and you're going to end up acting and doing exactly what they want you to. It's free and it's empowering to read, analyze, study the great minds on your own if you don't get them in school. Life is bigger than a career and an education is much, much more than simply learning a technical skill for a job. Expand your perspective. And finally, don't get sucked into the government will keep you safe mantra. If you submit to surveillance and tracking, as actually the opposite is going to happen. Ask someone from China, North Korea, or Venezuela how the slick politician with the propaganda of, oh, we're doing this to keep you safe. Oh, it's for your own good. Oh, it's for your own benefit. If you submit to this, you can see how well it actually worked for those countries. Humans are social creatures. It's true. We need each other and we need groups. Governments fulfill a role. To say otherwise is ridiculous. We have never been able to figure out an alternative to having a government. Yet, just as true is the fact that all governments, they do corrupt over time. We've never had one that has not. Because people, sadly, by nature, are corruptible. When governments and societies get too corrupt, it's the responsibility of the people to push back and reclaim their freedom. We all need to be on guard for the overreach and on guard for that wolf in sheep's clothing from the very wealthy figures in the institutions when they say, this is for your own best interest. Let's all make ourselves fully aware of the game we're playing in 2020. It will help all of us live out our best lives as free from the outside influences as we can get. Thank you for listening to the podcast today. I hope you found value. All of us need to understand the mechanisms of control those with power, money, and influence use to ensure their power is maintained, stability stays intact, and nobody questions their station in life. This is how the have and the have-not status quo is maintained. Remember, I generally publish new episodes every Monday and Wednesday, so if you click like or follow, you will be alerted when new episodes come available. Until the next episode, I hope you have a wonderful week.